If you watched the draft, you saw R.J. Barrett walk up to that stand after being drafted by the New York Knicks in a pink suit that he wore, and that is just part of the formal wear that he is getting from Indochino, who is a sponsor of the of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. All of the different formal wear that you see R.J. Barrett wear throughout the year, whether it's flannels, whether it's jackets, shirts, whatever it may be, is from Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. And their process is extremely simple. You just choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your own suit at the nearest Indochino showroom, or just do it all online from Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $300 $99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is entirely free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Blue Wire for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. You really have no excuse to wear clothes that don't fit. Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, and this Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am going to get into the Denver Nuggets 105-96 to loss to the Los Angeles Clippers. This is actually the Nuggets' second straight loss now. Um, and this was a battle between the first and second seed in the Western Conference. So this game carried quite a bit of weight, but by the end of it, it was hard to take away any concrete... Um, just narratives and storylines and trends that may actually lead to something that is interesting or sustainable over the long term. Um, in this game, of course, Anthony Davis and LeBron James were great, as they usually are. Each had 25 points in this game. They combined for 16 rebounds and 10 assists. Um but after, but after them, there really wasn't a whole lot of productivity from that Lakers team. Alex Caruso off the bench was able to help out for them, as was Rajon Rondo, as was Kyle Kuzma. Really, their whole bench unit played pretty well against the Nuggets reserves. But beyond that, the Nuggets played a pretty good game, and that is despite the fact that Nikola Jokic was not anywhere near his best self. Jamal Murray kind of reverted back to some of the issues that he has had, and Denver only shot 40% from the field and 20% from three tonight in addition to that they got out rebounded by 21 like really there were so many reasons this game should have gone way blown out in the Lakers favor and the Nuggets kind of kept attacking which kept the game close it's funny because on one hand the Nuggets if they didn't continually keep attacking in the way that they did, they probably would have lost this game by 15 or 20. But on the other hand, if Nikola Jokic just played to the to 60% of the level that he is capable of, the Nuggets likely come away with a win in this game. But neither of those things happened, and it led to a 9-point loss for the Denver Nuggets. So... Like I was saying, we're going to get into all of those things. I'm going to talk about whatever the fuck is going on with Nikola Jokic. We'll talk about the Nuggets struggling rebounding the ball. We'll talk about the Lakers matchup as a whole and how it could relate to a playoff matchup down the line and what 
uh, obvious struggles have emerged in their first matchup of the season. Um, we'll talk about the Nuggets' three-point shooting that's been that's been so bad. We'll talk about why Jamal Murray's game wasn't very great and why there is some promising things to take away from this game. Um, after that, we'll take a quick break, and as usual, we will come back and we will do a quick mailbag segment of the podcast before getting into what is coming up next, which is going to be a four-game road trip. Uh, before I go any further, I want you guys to know that I'm going to be in New York for both the Knicks and the Nets game and possibly the Philly game in Philly if I can find a way to get out there. So you will have content coming from me from New York City for both the Brooklyn Nets game and uh, that's coming up in about a week, as well as the Nuggets versus Knicks game coming up in a couple days. So you are going to get a lot of on-the-ground content from me. So make sure you pay attention to that as it comes. Also, the Regulators Production Group are the people who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. So make sure to show them some love at Regulators Regime on Instagram. They are great at what they do. And without them, I would not be able to make this podcast sound as good as it does. So definitely make sure you take your time to go check them out. Additionally, this podcast is actually going to be brought to you by quite a few different podcasts this time. This podcast is going to be presented by Indochino Shipstation. Station and Harry's. So you're going to be hearing, you already heard about from Indochino, so thanks to them, and you will be hearing about Ship Station and Harry's coming up in the very near future. So make sure you go support those companies. Those companies allow me and allow Blue Wire Podcast as a company to be able to produce all this kind of content for you guys. So make sure if you hear me doing these ad reads, it really, really, really helps if you go in there and use the promo codes that we give you. So again, Thank you to Harry's. Thank you to Ship Station. Thank you to Indochino. Thank you to the Regulators Production Group. Thank you to Terrapin Care Station. Without all of you guys, I would not be able to do this show. So, again, thank you guys very much. But we're going to take our first break, and we will come back, and we will talk about the game. But how do you keep track of all of those orders, decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered just in time for the holidays. If you're like me and you have family out of town, it's difficult to get all those packages there at the right time. If they get there too early, everyone opens their gifts too early before Christmas. If they get there after Christmas, it loses all of the excitement behind it. But with ShipStation, you will not have those issues. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including the United States Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a free 60-day free trial. That's two months of free, no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Dot com, enter in offer code BLUE. Ship station. Make ship happen.
there were a lot of good questions that came through, by the way. So shout outs to all the listeners of the show for sending them through. Um, and I'm going to touch on a lot of these things again when I do go answer those questions. But I think the only place that we can start in this conversation is with whatever the hell is going on with Nikola Jokic. Again, Nikola Jokic played 34 minutes, was only 4 of 12 from the field, missed both of his three-point attempts. He did have five rebounds and eight assists, but he also had five turnovers in this game as well. Only had 13 points by the time the night ended. He only had three points at the end of the first half and had only taken three shots, including his bucket at the very, very end of the first half. And I'm not really sure exactly what it is, but Nikola Jokic is off. And I mean, the passing is not there right now. His ability to create a fluid and free-flowing offense is not there. His three-level scoring is not there. His rebounding has not been there. His touch around the rim has not been there. And I really don't know what is going on exactly. So tonight, the big topic of conversation when we were interviewing all the different players after the Nuggets loss was what the hell is going on with Nikola Jokic. Um, when I asked Michael Malone what Nikola Jokic needs to, needs to do to get out of this slump, Michael Malone basically didn't know what to say. Um, he gave me an answer saying that Nikola Jokic just needs to attack more. He needs to be a guy um, that is willing to go out there and do what he needs to do. But Michael Malone really kind of just said Nikola Jokic missed shots like everybody else missed shots. But it doesn't explain why. Like, yes, when you don't score very many points, it's because shots didn't go in. Like, that's a very easy correlation for me to make, but what I don't understand is why the shots aren't going in. And I think everything starts with Nikola Jokic, because for so long, the Nuggets offense has gone as Nikola Jokic has gone, and now that things are kind of going, you know, awry, you have to look at Nikola Jokic and ask why. Um... I don't think that teams are defending the Nuggets in the same way. Defenses are dropping off of Jokic and daring him to shoot while also taking away passing lanes, which has made Nikola Jokic uncomfortable. But the other part of this, too, is that Nikola Jokic has not been good shooting the ball. He's only averaging nine points a game over the last four to where he's become even more passive. There were multiple points against the Lakers where Nikola Jokic had someone like KCP or Rajon Rondo or some or Alex Caruso in the post as a much smaller guard or wing on the, you know, trying to somehow slow him in the post. And instead of just bully balling him down and being able to either attract the second defender that'll make someone else open or just go score, Nikola Jokic will either dribble out to the perimeter or just pass up everything and kick the ball back out to Jamal Murray. Those are the issues right there. Nikola Jokic should have an automatic two points every time that Rajon Rondo was on him. The fact that Jokic didn't even feel inclined to attack at all in that regard was the most concerning part of this. He just wasn't going at guys. Um, and I think now, I mean, this is the entire season. You're talking about Jokic only playing pretty much two good games this year. And this is really the worst slump of his career, probably. And it was interesting because after the game, when we were talking with Nikola Jokic, he basically said, like, I've never struggled. Like, I've never had to deal with this before. And while that may sound somewhat 
I don't want to say condescending or cocky. Um, think about Nikola Jokic's, Nikola Jokic's path to the NBA. He tore up junior leagues in Serbia. He then went to the Adriatic League and within a year and a half became the MVP of the Adriatic League. Came over to the NBA. Didn't play much his first year. But from his second year on, his ascension to stardom was extremely fast. And he's never had these long lulls before. So now Nikola Jokic is trying to learn how to get through it. And I wrote about this on Mile High sports. I spoke to Wancho Hernan Gomez one-on-one. He was great um, talking about Nikola Jokic tonight. There's a ton of great quotes from Will Barton as well as Michael Malone in that piece, so make sure to go read that on milehighsports.com, but the general gist of what Will Barton said as it relates to Nikola Jokic is that Nikola Jokic is overthinking. He doesn't trust his shot, so he's in his head instead of just playing. And Nikola Jokic is at his best when he just lets go. Nikola Jokic is at his best when he is just instinctually playing basketball, not trying to think through sets repeatedly. So I found that very interesting, and it makes me think back to the past couple years, when about this time each year, Michael Malone had basically had a press conference where he was asked about the offense, and he says that he was calling too many plays and he needed to let go. And I wonder if that's on its way to where Michael Malone is kind of like, you know what? I'm going to let the offense do what the offense does and just worry about the defense. I don't know if he'll get there. I don't know if he'll do that. But if Nikola Jokic is just overthinking, this can be fixed pretty quickly for the Denver Nuggets. The other side of it, though, is what Wancho Hernan Gomez told me after the game, which was that Nikola Jokic is not does not have the ball in his hands as often. And in addition to that, he's not posting up as often either. And I found that really interesting because I went back and looked and... And this year, Nikola Jokic is posting the second lowest post-up frequency of his career. That's the percentage of offensive possessions that Nikola Jokic has a post-up. So you have to go all the way back to his rookie year um, in 2015-16 to find a season in which he posted up less frequently than he is now. In addition to that, Nikola Jokic is only scoring .77 points per possession in the post this year, which is like significant significantly worse than his second lowest number, which was in 17-18, when he posted .93 points per possession in the post. Nikola Jokic is not getting as many post-ups, he's not converting them when he does get them, and it has made him passive as a player, and that somehow needs to change. Someone needs to get in his ear. Uh, Will Barton said after the game that he had been in his ear trying to get Nikola Jokic to be more aggressive, but... The hardest part now is trying to figure out what motivates Nikola Jokic. And I think this is why Michael Malone has been so frustrated is that how do you get Nikola Jokic, one of the most unique individuals in NBA history, to buy in and give this amount of effort when you don't even know what makes him tick? Because honestly, I've been covering Nikola Jokic since his rookie year and I have absolutely no idea what motivates him. Is it joy? Is it high stakes games? Is it a, is it just being able to play basketball? Is it certain lineups? Like I don't know what it is. So because of that, a lot of individuals have been left grasping at straws, trying to figure out what needs to happen for Nikola Jokic. And really, I think the the whole thing that we can come to is that people don't know. Like, f- right now, I don't know what needs to happen for Nikola Jokic to be better and what he can do to be better. It just needs to be one of those things where Nikola Jokic flips a switch, goes back to having fun, lets go of all this pressure, and just plays again. And there's no pathway or roadmap to be able to get to that point, but he absolutely needs to find a way to do that. 
Um, I'm going to move on from Nikola Jokic. I'll talk more about him in the questions. But the other big takeaway from this game was the Nuggets were out-rebounded by 21 in this game. They gave up 56 total rebounds. The Nuggets only had 35 of their own. They gave up 14 offensive rebounds in this game, with which led to 18 second-chance points for the Lakers. Um... Paul Millsap summed this up to the Nuggets missed a lot of shots, but I look at this and the reason I bring up the rebounding is because in a playoff series, this is going to become a very important part because the Nuggets would have great defensive possessions that they couldn't finish with a defensive rebound because of all of the length that the, that the Lakers have. They have two seven footers starting in JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis with LeBron James at six nine six ten playing power or playing small forward, trying to get rebounds over those guys is extremely difficult considering that Paul Millsap is 6'8", 6'9", and not exactly the most vertically um, buoyant individual on the team, and Nikola Jokic is groundbound despite being 7 feet tall. So it was very difficult for the Nuggets to deal with that. There were so many possessions in which they just weren't big enough to be able to get these rebounds. If there was anything to take away from this game, the Nuggets need to play Jeremy Grant significantly more against this Lakers team if they happen to get into a playoff series. They need his length, his athletic ability, his rebounding, his defense, his mobility, his shot making, his ability to get downhill and finish above the rim. Um, they didn't have that in this game, and it was a very worrisome part of it because, again, if you don't have that length and you're going to get attacked so relentlessly like that on the on the boards, it's going to lead to a loss. It is so difficult to win a game when you are out-rebounded by that much. It's actually incredible the Nuggets were even this close considering how badly they were out-rebounded. Um, the other part when it comes to this Lakers matchup with the Nuggets, especially in a playoff setting, is Will Barton drew the first assignment on LeBron James, and LeBron went 5 of 6 from the field in the first quarter. And this is not to say Will Barton was bad. He was the opposite of bad. He was battling, doing everything he could to limit LeBron James, and it just didn't matter. LeBron James has 75 pounds of muscle on top, or just 75 pounds of weight more so than Will Barton has, and he's 4 inches taller than him. That's just an incredibly difficult matchup. And then when Will Barton struggled, Michael Malone elected to move on to use Gary Harris on him, which again, Gary Harris is a damn good defender who is 6'4". Like it's not going to work. And that became very clear that the Nuggets did not have the players to be able to match up with LeBron James. I So I do think the Nuggets will play Will Barton in a playoff series and start him. I think he'll be the first player taking off the floor and Jeremy Grant would be the first sub in to at least try and get three minutes of him defending LeBron James out of Will Barton so you can get Barton off the bench, able to be to not have to defend a guy like LeBron and be an offensively helpful player. So I found that very interesting as well. Um, the last thing I want to say in terms of the Nuggets matchup with the Lakers is that when LeBron James was at, was the roller or the, the, when they were running pick and rolls and LeBron James was the big, if he got the ball on the short roll and got the weak side defender to step up to him, it was an immediate lob to Dwight Howard or Anthony Davis on the weak side over and over and over and over again. The Nuggets are not going to be able to stop that lob against the Lakers. It just isn't going to happen, and that's going to be very notable going down the, you know, looking down the line. Um, moving on, though, Jamal Murray... I did not think this was a very good Jamal Murray game. Like, don't get me wrong. 8 of 17 from the field, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Sounds pretty good, especially when he only has one turnover. But 
He only took three threes in this game. He had some very bad shots, some weird decision-making. The Nuggets were only down by one point at the end of the third quarter, and Jamal Murray chucked up four shots. That made absolutely no sense, had a turnover, and it led to the Lakers going on a 6-0 run, which put the Nuggets out of reach once again. Um, Jamal Murray felt like he regressed in this game. It felt like he went back to the same shot profile that he had in the very beginning of the season, and his decision-making took a step backwards. His passing was still great. He still battled on defense, but... In terms of what what Jamal Murray has been able to do, this was not a great Jamal Murray game. Uh, The last thing I think I have in terms of takeaways is just, it's absolutely incredible that the Nuggets only lost by 9 points despite being out-rebounded by 21 points, or by 21 rebounds, despite letting the Lakers score 52 uh, points in the paint on 26 of 43 shooting, despite giving up 14 offensive rebounds for 18 second chance points, despite giving up 22 fast break points on 8 of 11 shooting, despite shooting 20% from 3 in this game, the Nuggets were still right there. So if things like if if Nikola Jokic is just Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets probably win this game tonight. And again, the issues that I spoke about tonight, other than Nikola Jokic, may have still been there. But what is known is that this Denver Nuggets team is very very legit if they can put it all together. They have not been able to yet, but you can see the upside of this team. The Nuggets were able to hold this Lakers team to 105 points tonight on 46% from the field. They forced 16 turnovers and they only allowed him to hit seven threes, and that is with the Lakers taking 30 free throws in this game. So overall, it's hard to find too much fault with the Nuggets' defense, especially when taking into account how good this Nuggets team could be if their shots just fell and if Nikola Jokic was finally Nikola Jokic again. I'm going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we will answer questions from listeners. Right around the corner, there are quite a few people looking for the perfect gift for the guy in their life. That is when you can go to Harry's, because if they're like me and they have a beard, or if they're trying to stay clean shaven, having the best blades possible without all of the extra fluff is the first step towards having the best possible facial hair you can have. And even better is that listeners of this show can get $5 off any Harry shave set by heading to harrys.com slash bluewire. There is even free shipping, which ends on December 16th, so act now. It's a great deal for you and him. Holiday sets start at just $20. That's within Secret Santa limits. And Harry's blade refills are as low as $2 each, so your guy will save money over time. It comes ready to gift in a handsome holiday box. And your gift gives back. 1% of each sale will actually be donated to a charitable organization. As a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Plus, you'll get free shipping on any order. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle, um, a five-blade razor cartridge, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, and it'll be packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so make sure to get on this now. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire.
Jolly Jenkins asks, how important is the next road trip to the to the Nuggets' long-term success and their position in the standings? Um, the NBA is a very long season, so if the Nuggets lost all four of these games, it would not be the end of the world. With that being said, though, this is much more so about the Nuggets getting back to being the best version of themselves as opposed to them trying to, you know, avoid losing too many games. The Nuggets will get wins so long as they play their brand of basketball. The issue has been that they are not playing their brand of basketball. Um, this is not to say they need to, like, abandon defense and get back to offense, but right now they're not scoring enough, and they need to go into this four-game road trip against the Knicks, the Celtics, the Nets, and the 76ers and try and find some way to, one, hit open shots, and two, get Nikola Jokic going again. That is the... If the Nuggets lost all four of these games in close games and Nikola Jokic finally looks like Nikola Jokic again and the Nuggets' offense starts to hum, I don't care. That like, That's the most important thing for me. Don't get me wrong. There would be some bad losses in there, but you got to be able to get back to winning basketball. And right now, the Nuggets are pretty far away from the best version of themselves and they're just getting by. So for me, the Nuggets have to just get back to their brand of basketball on this four-game road trip or very soon. And the wins itself, I am not as concerned about right now. The wins will come if the Nuggets are the Nuggets. Um, Omar asks, how can you tell the difference between a slump and something to be concerned over? This is a phenomenal question, by the way. And it's one that really comes down to every single person is going to be slightly different. Um, if you ask me, my thing is that a slump is just missing shots. It's just, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting to my spots on the floor. I'm taking the shots I want to take. They're just not going in. Like Gary Harris in the playoffs last year, he was getting the shots that you would want him to take. They just weren't falling. And that is something that you'll just have to deal with. Right now, Nikola Jokic looks like he is not enjoying basketball. He looks burnt out. He looks disinterested sometimes. Like there was a point in the fourth quarter today where he ran a pick and roll with Jamal Murray. And after setting the pick, he just stopped moving. He didn't pop. He didn't roll. All he did was get directly in the way of Jamal Murray's drive to the rim. Those are the things that I am more concerned with that are different than a slump. That is Nikola Jokic um, checking out from time to time, and that cannot happen. So for me... I can look at a slump as just missed shots or, you know, it's almost like when a second baseman gets the yips and just can't throw it a first. Like sometimes guys just have turnover issues sometimes. Sometimes guys just miss shots. Sometimes guys just miss free throws. This with Nikola Jokic is not that in my opinion. Uh, Laura Keeney, who is awesome, one of my favorite human beings, asked, has the Nuggets coaching staff given any insight into what is going on with Nikola Jokic? Like I said earlier, I don't think Michael Malone has a great idea as to what makes Nikola Jokic tick. And this is not an indictment on Malone. I don't know if anybody knows what makes Nikola Jokic tick. He is so unique and such an individual that you can't really pull from points of references as to what it will take to get Nikola Jokic to be the best version of himself. So... Honestly, I think the Nuggets coaching staff is not as lost as us because they have a relationship with Nikola Jokic, but they're looking for answers just like we are because they don't know either. Um, Nikola Jokic is one of the most rare, unique, one-of-a-kind individuals you will ever find in the NBA, and because of that, it's been very difficult to figure out what motivates him and what, uh, you know, what gets him excited to play. Like in the playoffs last year, he had fun every night. Like, Nikola Jokic was battling. He enjoyed the fight of playing NBA playoff basketball. But now, 
he you don't see any of that anymore so i'm very curious if it's high stakes games he likes because again this was a high stake game tonight with against the lakers and jokic didn't look very engaged um is it just you know as he wakes up in the morning how he feels i really don't know and it's so hard to figure out exactly what it is with nicola so i wish i had a better answer for you laura but i don't no. Um, Midori on Twitter asks, why was Tory Craig a did not play coach's decision tonight? Uh, Michael Malone likes to at least play his rotations for a few games before making drastic changes to it. So I think that this is just Malone sticking with Wancho and Malik because it somewhat worked. So why make a drastic decision just because of the Lakers? I don't think Tory Craig could have changed much in this game. He would have played off the bench anyway, where he would have been defending like an Alex Caruso or a Troy Daniels. So that wouldn't have really helped too much in this game, but... Overall, it looks like Malik and Wancho have locked down that spot for now. Uh, Lanny Milbus on Twitter asks, From the interviews, it seems like the Nuggets think they cannot beat the Lakers and the length is the reason. Um, I disagree with this. Will Barton, after the game, told me, he's like, they, he told me they know that they can beat them. And again, like I said before, a lot of things went very wrong for this Nuggets team, and they were still within nine points. So I don't think this was a the Nuggets are scared of the Lakers thing at all. Um, also from Lanny Milbus asks, what will it take to become an actual contender? There is one answer here. Nikola Jokic needs to become Nikola Jokic again. If he just gets his shit together and becomes the player he has been for the majority of his career, the Nuggets are going to step right back into that contender category. That is the only thing holding them back right now. Last question. Cookie Claws asks, do you think the Knicks game will help? <laughs> so the Nuggets are not practicing to, uh, on Wednesday before flying out. So they're flying out at 1030 in the morning, which means they'll basically have all day and all night in New York City before taking on the Knicks the next day. That will always make me nervous always like New York nightlife could end up beating the Nuggets in this game if they lose to the Knicks man Michael Malone might just have his head explode on the court like he is going to be so mad but New York nightlife is a real thing and I while the Knicks game should help like on paper the Nuggets should really get a nice uh, feel-good win out of that game that New York nightlife might catch up with them. We'll have to wait and see. And the other hard thing is, is that, yes, the Nuggets play at the Knicks on the 5th. They then have to play back-to-back at Boston the next day before coming back to New York to play Brooklyn before going to Philly. So they got a tough four-game road trip ahead of them right now, and we're going to learn a whole lot about this Nuggets team on this road trip. That's all I got for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. You guys are the best, and I would not have a show without you. So keep leaving reviews. Keep leaving five-star ratings. Keep leaving comments. Keep sharing this podcast. It means the world to me. So thank you guys again. This has been the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast and the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we will be back later with another episode. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a scene 
seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.